<laughs> I love you, Jake. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> this is the best day of my entire life. <laughs> I've never felt the glory this strong before. <laughs> We've been getting prayed up for hours. chat stream here. I love interacting with you guys. I love growing with you. It feels just like a brand new level of everything from God today in every direction. Scooter in the back. Yeah. Like all these book rests that I like to rest on. <laughs> mm. uh, hi, Jamie. <laughs> love you guys. Say hi in the chat. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk with you. Continues like this, man. We're gonna have a really good life. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's never been this good before. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving us so extravagantly. It's so overwhelming <laughs> to experience physically. <laughs> How much the Holy Spirit loves you, the full expression of the Father's love in the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. In His presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> Have you experienced the fullness of joy yet? <laughs> Fullness of holy pleasure. <laughs> 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 oh, hey, what's up, Amber? <laughs> it's Andrew too. Andrew? Mm. And Michelle, what's up? <laughs> you 
got, we got rainbow on here in many waters. Oh, I'll talk that. Rainbow? That's their YouTube name is this Rainbow and Many Waters. Many Waters. <laughs> Shaka. That's exactly what we were talking about before starting. Rainbow and Many Waters. <laughs> That's like a shower. Oh, glory. <laughs> I've never been this high on the love glory before. It's co completely different today. <laughs> it feels spread out like butter. Yeah, it does. It's not so just inside. It's like manifesting outside, spreading out. Yeah. It's yeah. like a wide open field of love glory. I got really blessed today listening to meditation music. There's a meditation YouTube, or oh my gosh. iTunes? <laughs> it's called Pure Meditation. It's an Apple Music channel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk, I'm drooling. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just want to get completely wasted on love ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so intense. My lips are turning numb. <clears throat> I love you, spirit of ecstasy. Let the same ecstasy that's in this room be poured on your heads. Let the angels assigned to us and assigned to our ministry bring you the same quality of ecstasy into your hearts and into your souls and into your flesh to experience the same thing physically that we are here in this room so there'd be no confusion and no misunderstanding about these divine experiences Basically, a show about imparting the Garden of Eden into your hearts and souls and flesh to begin living in the Promised Land. About four months ago, I was taken up by Jesus to the tops of the Spice Mountains in the Garden of Eden, and he was holding my hand, and one other person was there, and Jesus was holding her hand and he showed us the promised land and it was like Moses on Mount Horeb overlooking the promised land and he's he showed us basically what the body is stepping into this season everything as far as your eye can see on the top of these mountains in Eden you'll inherit as your promised land and we're beginning to inherit that in the natural realm from the heavenly realm 
is being transferred through our hearts and souls and materializing through the elements so that we have on earth as it is in heaven. Eden is being established in America in fullness right now. Feel that in the breath? Just focus on experiencing God and opening up your hearts to new experiences. The Spirit was telling me, I'll raise anyone up to the measure they'll let me love through them. And it's selfishness and the human nature, sins, different things that calm down the love from fully building up our hearts to live in the promised land of the third heaven, Eden. And the Father was showing me how Eden is a kingdom. (laughs) The kingdom of Eden, the kingdom of heaven. I really feel this year in the intensification of the love glory spreading out and more and more people physically experiencing promised land ecstasy. There will be the unfolding and the unveiling of the kingdom of Eden. by learning how to drink which is simply learning how to receive love from God (laughs) that's all drinking is is receiving love
awesome. Yeah, this is being recorded on nine different streams. It's even being broadcast in Russia right now. We're going after the nations with the Garden of Eden. And not so much teaching, although there is a lot of teaching and a lot of revelation. But the most important thing to me is not the bread, but the wine. To come into the physical experience of it so that the words have rich meaning in your heart. The wine becomes the physical atmosphere of love so that you can receive bread. No one can receive bread unless they first drank the cup of the new covenant, the cup of love. And we drink until we overflow and create a house of wine on earth, and that's the Garden of Eden, the house of wine. That's where the vineyards of the king grow. Intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the divine in each other's hearts. We haven't seen the full strength of love, but we'll begin to see it. That's what this revival is based on. True love, eternal love, unselfish love, glory love. (laughs) Divine love is so intoxicating, and it's so intimate, and there are aspects of it that are extremely sensual, it will prick all the immoral areas of your heart. It will make you, make you repent and purify you from all unrighteousness, from all lust and perversion. Love truly is the highest level of sanctification. <laughs> Love is the highest calling in life. Love is the promised land. Love is a drink. Love is an angel. Love is a physical experience of the divine. There's no cap to it. It can become an ocean. It can become a garden. It can become a kingdom. It can become a new earth and a new heavens. And it will. Interesting today, the Father was showing me Jesus dying on the cross and going down into hell, and the spirit of love raising him from the dead because the fallen angels held him down there illegally, and because everything Jesus of Nazareth had ever done in his life was based on love, hell couldn't keep him. It's all about love. It wasn't even about obeying the Mosaic law or the rules or the regulations. I mean, they were constantly freaking out about him not being a legalist like the Pharisees because his heart was obedient to the law of love. That's what made him perfect and the Messiah. It wasn't external do's and don'ts. It was this continuous obedience to true agape love in the heart all the time with every thought. He never had anything pass through his heart except love from zero to 33. That's what makes Jesus God, the Messiah. 
in our Savior. And you have that nature also of love, and it will grow up in you as you forsake everything else except love. And the greatest temptation is the do's and don'ts of religion that stifle love. It's the false love of religion. It's the main enemy of true agape love. You deal with it every single day. And you have to forsake all of that external legalism, looking good in front of others, people-pleasing, all the false things of Satan and his false light. And you serve the true light of love. You serve the Father inside you in intimacy. And that's what raises you up. That's what perfects you and sanctifies you. And it's in that divine nature of Jesus Christ, fully formed in you, that the Father gives His power and authority without measure. He's looking for mature ones that walk in that agape nature and fullness to begin ruling and reigning from the angelic sphere over cities and nations this season. And it will look childlike and foolish to many people that are just external. They don't understand, but they'll feel it. The issue now is the winepress of the wrath of the Almighty, which is the love of God so strong that it removes everything that deceives in the false love of Satan in the world. Hate is not even so much the enemy of love. It's not. It's the pretender who pretends to be love, the serpent in the garden, the cunning snake that says you can love apart from God's light, apart from the spirit of love. You can be loving in your flesh. It's not real love. It's false love. Only in the spirit of love, only in God the Father's love, is it true agape? That's the true kingdom of heaven working. If it's not based on the throne and the Father and knowing Him in the heart, it's a false, fake ripoff and a scam, and you're being stolen from by fallen angels. How do you know? Because you'll have intimacy with the Father in your heart, you'll know Him. Who loves me? Those who obey my commandments. Where were they obeying them from? Not their heads, from their heart. Their spirit was obedient to God the Father. That's what it's all about. That's true love. Because you know He's perfect in His nature and everything He thinks, says, and does is perfect for the benefit of everyone. That you're fully aware of the divine nature that you bow to everything He asks you to do, especially when it doesn't make any sense to your reasoning. And that's how you renew your mind. <laughs> that's how you manifest a greater love, a greater glory, is that when He asks you to do things that seem difficult or impossible or don't make any sense, can you still bow your human nature that doesn't understand the divine nature fully to God? And when you do, and you say yes... Every time, more light shines within you, and you get to know Him more through sacrifice of your human nature, through sacrifice of our stubbornness, our pride, our knowing it all, especially through the sacrifice of our religiosity. Only in the sacrifice of our religion, of our human ability to be good, which is demonic religion, do we begin to understand 
divine love. <laughs> and it transfigures us, and we become divine. Co-heirs with Christ, partakers of the divine nature, equally yoked to Him with spiritual ability. Lovers. And there's a slavery of love. Paul called himself a love slave in chains. <laughs> there's a slavery. We've been slaves to sin. Now let's be slaves to righteousness. And I tell you the truth, the greatest understanding and revelation of divine righteousness is understanding righteousness is love. Righteousness is true love. And the deeper you go into it, the more you feel loved. It's not just an act of love. He first loved us, that is why we can love. You experience His love and you cannot help but pour it out on others. So going deep into righteousness, you're basically going, you're diving into the most satisfying thing you could ever experience. Which is why our faces look like this. <laughs> Get used to seeing ecstasy faces everywhere. I'm seeing the mountains release wine. There's wine coming down from the tops of the mountains. Whoa. The reason why the drinking is so profound is because it bypasses the carnal, unrenewed mind of figuring it out and puts the spirit of love right in the heart. Bypassing the mind. You have to continually bypass the unrenewed mind until your heart overtakes your head. Manifesting sonship is simply your heart fully built up in liquid love and beaming through your mental ray in all directions. Peter called it the morning star rising in your heart in your day fully dawning. It's operating in the fullness of love out of the spirit and not the flesh of the brain. And that's the daily discipleship that people are learning how to practice. The sacrifice of the brain nature to the Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory, love, nature. Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not thinking Nature. First nature, not second nature. He is first. Oh, how we love you. We love you. We love you. Understand when in Joel when it says that the mountains will drip with wine. It's talking about the Garden of Eden coming down upon the earth dimension in the natural realm. And that's what you're all experiencing now. That the Garden of Eden is being brought down like a scroll. I saw the New Jerusalem coming down like a scroll. There's a garden. 
in the New Jerusalem. Every city has parks in it. The park inside our city of glory is Eden itself. And it's huge. It's much bigger than just 1,500 cubits because it's in the spirit. <laughs> it's literally infinite in all directions as God is infinite in all directions. It's an unfolding of the Word and the Spirit from the Father. There's a really strong glory here in the nostrils and in the mind. So it says in Genesis, God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. So just breathe in your nostrils the glory of God. And let your soul come more alive in the light of love. Everything in your soul that's been robbing you of the experience of love will be burned away. Love is also the end of spiritual warfare. Love is the end of poverty. Love is the end of sickness and disease. Love is the end of envy and strife and greed and mammon and everything in the world that's sin and darkness and devilry is obliterated when you walk in this kind of Edenic love. <laughs> Promised land love. And it's very simple. But it costs you everything. And what is your everything? death. It only costs you your death. I was up in the throne room and I heard a human, I think, talking to an angel. And the human asked the angel, why is everyone so scared to look in the face of the Father? And the angel said, because they're afraid to see their own brokenness. And then the angel showed the saint the sea of glass, and the sea of glass wasn't how it normally looked. It was shattered into a million pieces. And then I heard the father say, I'm, we've been a broken body, but I'm bringing us back together again. And he actually said, I'm remembering us back together again. And he showed me that we're one body, many members, and that as we fall in love with each other, with the love of the Father, and we're no longer scared to just be absolutely head over heels in love with our brothers and sisters in such a scandalous way that all the devil's programming that's built inside of us just dissolves and all the thoughts that we thought, well, I can't love them that much. That's that's too sensual. That's too scandalous. That's too much love. 
<laughs> for someone who's not my wife, you know, just absolute drooling, melting love for your brothers and sisters, you start to remember them. And you start to be remembered by them. And all the fractals of the heart of God and all the members of, of God's body and all the facets of the diamond of his soul just start to be fused back together again. And anything that's in between you and another brother or another sister, any strife, any competition, pride, <laughs> oh, all those worth, worthless things just melt and you experience a fusion. And you don't know all of God unless you know His body. If you just know Christ, you only know the head. And you're missing the entire rest mm -hmm. of the body, which is also Christ, mm -hmm. but that's the rest of Christ. <laughs> Very important. And so, it's so important to see every human around you as your divine family. No exceptions. Amen. None. Every single one of them is your brother and sister, divinely, in God. <laughs> Their spirit is already on board. You can already have union with their spirit. Their spirit has been perfected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you have union and love with their spirit, just completely looking past all the ugly stuff, you know, just like what Jesus did, how he looked deeper than the sin, deeper than the darkness, and grabbed at the redeemable part, which was himself, and pulled it up through their soul to renew their soul, to renew their body, <laughs> Just like he did with you and he's doing with us into higher and higher realms of his light. You can do that with the people around you. Everyone that you see as you fall in love with them like you would fall in love with God. Because they are God. Whatever you did unto the least of these, you actually did it unto him. It is not a metaphor. What you did to them, you actually did to him. Mm -hmm. To the crackhead on the corner of the street. To the prostitute. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, to the rich elite whatever you did to any single one of the humans here on earth you did to God <laughs> if you if you can't love a brother who can you who you can see how could you possibly love a God who you can't see that's a fantasy love that's a, a wannabe love that's that's something that you're that's a false security that you're masking mm -hmm. yourself under it's not love <laughs> so just it's so important to be loved by God and open up to him and let him just smother you with his kisses let him lather you with the oil flowing from his heart even right now <laughs> the kisses upon your cheeks and your forehead <laughs> let him tell you everything's gonna be okay <laughs> oh let him magnify your dreams and desires and get so locked in a love-struck gaze with your beloved that everything that you're not just falls away as you're caught up in this whirling ecstasy of bliss completely dissolved in the river of life with no awareness of self, only awareness of Jesus Christ's divine love <laughs> penetrating through every pore and molecule of your body, <laughs> saturating you from the inside out, 
absorbing you into the very essence and light of God that you were born out of, that you were dreamt from. Remember what it was like before the womb. Remember before you were created. Let him take you there. Let him take you to the rest inside the womb of God, to perfect peace, to perfect love, for time, and live from that place, drenching all of space and time and every human that you come in contact with, the heart of God that you are beginning to live out of and live from. There's a heavy kavad here tonight for angelic surgery in your trees. Jesus prayed for the blind man and he opened his eyes into the spirit dimension and saw all men as trees. And your father is a gardener of those spiritual trees. Everyone's either a tree of life in the garden or a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But all men and all women on earth are trees. And so with this angelic kavad glory, which is the heavy, weighty love glory of the Father, that's the realm of surgery, where he can go in deep and heal your roots, heal your trunks, heal your sap, your bark, your branches, your leaves, your fruit, and help your roots connect to Eden to drink only living water that sparkles, so that every cell in your flesh and bones and blood is sparkling with divine life. Mm. It'll remove all death from you. The Kavad glory is a facilitator for angels. Everything the Father does towards us as we inherit salvation and go deeper in the glory, higher in the glory, and expand and go wider in the glory to influence all society with the love of God, which is the glory, requires angels to do all the works 100% of the time. If you were to see into the spirit right now, you'd see myriads of angels beyond number. And it's not a big deal if you see them or not. It's a big deal if you can rest and receive angelic ministry in the Kavad glory. Because when you come out of that surgery under that heavy love glory, like a warm blanket just wrapping you, you feel like you're getting tired or going to sleep, you're actually just being shot up with anesthesia because the Father's about to do angelic surgery. He's going to heal memories, he'll heal wounds, he'll heal all kinds of stuff. He'll actually reverse the curse in your hearts and minds and flesh. He'll heal every sickness and disease, but he does it perfectly in the inner person. Sometimes he'll do it in the outer person first, but in my experience, that God really desires to heal the inner man before the outer man, because 
What does it profit you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Meaning, Jesus said, you know, pluck your eye out or cut your hand off and enter the kingdom. It wasn't so much about the natural dimension being perfect, but the glory dimension in your heart being perfect. And then all things of the natural realm can be added unto you, and there be no idolatry. There be no carnality. And this is the time of perfection, where he expects that kind of attitude and understanding, that we're perfected in heart, in our roots, in our spirit, in our garden, with his seed, and no other seed in us. No seed of the Pharisees, no seed of Herod, no seed of Cain, no seed of Jezebel, no seed of Delilah, no seed of Abaddon. All only life-giving seed. And life-giving seed is having only the words that came from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working in the soil of your heart. And your mind not entertaining any other word, which is a lie. Because if you have a lie in you, will be fathered by Satan, Beelzebul, the father of lies. But if you have truth in you, then you're being fathered by God. And God will father the truth in you yeah. into all truth. That's what it means for the spirit of truth to lead you and guide you into all truth. Yeah. I have a testimony about that, about all of that. Because, like, I don't know if you guys saw videos from, like, a mm, year and a half ago where I would be, like, in the video, but I'd be, like, passing out each time. There was no way I was able... I tried as hard as possible to be like, Jesus, 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 or drink, 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 or toke, 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 toke. And I could never stay coherent. And eventually I just gave up. And I went over to our couches, and every day I would pass out. <laughs> but every day I would come out of it feeling excessively refreshed. And then eventually, because it... It was by it was doing surgery, but it was also bypassing my my ability to receive the word and hear the mm -hmm. word and figure out the word that Brandon was bringing because he was bringing a spirit word, and my religiousness was trying to figure it out, and so it completely debilitated all of that. And then one day, it was it was I will never forget this day. I'm basically passed out. It's kind of like a trance place. I did eventually start going into visions, and so I did start realizing that there was more to this than just passing out. And um, But then one day, the spirit inside, right from, my, right from my belly, I felt it explode from my belly. Because I could never remember what Brandon said. I could never hear it. I, I, would, be, I would hear it, and then afterwards, I would never remember what he said. And I could never keep, I could, like, that word was just slipping through my fingers. And, and then this day happened. Four words out of the whole message. And my belly went, but boom. I felt it go, I'm like, whoa. Whoa. The Spirit really likes that word. Like, I learned it from the Spirit that the Lord loved that word. And the word was, seven spirits of God. Like, so all of a sudden, there's no way I'm forgetting that. Because it was an experience with the spirit on his word that he was emphasizing to the moment, or to me, or to whatever it was. 
and then and it was it bypassed my brain it completely like i was i was out cold there's no way my efforts could do anything and finally after i i it was months it was months of every day at Joel's bar so if you're not if you're if you're not having a lot of experience with the love of god um if you are having struggle with that just let go let go and just let let the word wash you let the as you listen to Joel's bar and eventually it will produce a fruit it will produce a spiritual experience that nothing can steal from you um and then um cuz you got into healing and I am I'm someone who needs a lot of healing physically, mentally and I am extremely thankful that the Lord if he would have just given me my miracle right then and there whenever when everything was go I would never have changed. That's a good point. I would never have changed. And it's like, yeah. There's the verse that says, you know, count it all joy when trials and tribulations come. And we do not count it all joy and it sucks, but eventually you realize that wow, he really was using this for my best. He really did turn a curse into a blessing. Like, and I feel like Brandon and I together have been experiencing how something horrible will happen and 2 seconds later the Lord will turn it into a blessing. And as we're growing together and seeing that happen more and more and seeing the Lord be faithful to turn every curse into a blessing, that everything, everything that happens in our lives was used for our good. It it would it makes the it makes warfare non-existent. Because <laughs> this is only going to better me. This is only a blessing in in wolf's clothing. <laughs> and the reason how you can take all of these curses out of the hate of Satan and his angels and turn it into something good in your life. Well, first of all, it says it in scripture. Mm-hmm. All things work for good for those who love God, yeah. love God, yeah. and are called according to his purpose that your will is aligned with his will. But it's all about love. If you're in love in your heart, you'll weather any storm. You won't even care about figuring it out if it doesn't make sense along the way cuz you're in love. That's honestly how it's been so easy for 20 years in this path. It really has been easy cuz I've been so in love with Jesus the entire time and it's been so magical. <laughs> it really makes it it's not even work. because you're just walking out a marriage covenant and you married your best friend he lives inside you you're walking with him he'll lead you places you don't understand but you know him and he's all you need inside your heart and your heart will grow in wisdom a wise man brings treasures out of his heart and that whole realm of the hidden person of the heart becomes a rich treasury of glory becomes an invincible glory 
that nothing of the outside world can steal, kill, or destroy. And that's how you become incredibly strong in the face of Satan and his angels, religious warlocks, temptations of death and lust and greed, and everything that's in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, completely just bows to the development of the divine nature in your heart through suffering. You're not going to find any place in the New Testament where it says you're going to have tremendous glory without tremendous suffering. The suffering is the external trying to kill, steal, and destroy Jesus inside your heart. And if you treasure the pearl, the pearl of great price of Jesus in your heart, more than anything, nothing can steal it. They can't. They can't steal it. They can't kill it. They can't destroy it. Now, they might be able to steal, kill, and destroy everything of the natural realm around you, and that's why we suffer. But they can't kill, steal, and destroy Christ. As it's written, <clears throat> as it's written in Hebrews, Christ cannot die a second time. <laughs> Amen. He can't. So, what they attack is Christ, but Christ can't die, but they can steal all your finances, they can smear your name and reputation, you know, they called the Apostle Paul a cult leader, they called Jesus a cult leader, they called him every name in the book, in the Gospels and in the Epistles, and they had tremendous problems with them the entire time. But it doesn't matter what anyone thinks externally, because that's the realm of deception of the fallen angels. The internal realm is the realm of glory, Christ in you, the realization of the glory. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. They're submitted to the external fallen angels that are in the world. We're submitted to Jesus Christ and God the Father inside our own hearts. And we'll serve him in us more highly than any forms of external deceptive religion. And that revelation and that kind of stubbornness and obedience to the glory of God is what makes us so powerful and such a threat to everything Satan's ever done in this world to destroy the nations. And we're just a generation stubborn enough to not back down to external types and shadows and forms, even of charismatic forms of Jezebel, which is the highest level deception of all time that you're dealing with now in America external charismatic activity but still not prioritizing the garden of the heart as the primary purpose of life to develop intimacy the very garden of Eden and Song of Solomon reality inside your inner man with Jesus Christ in the secret stairway of the heart <laughs> and those people that establish that kind of knowing him and intimacy are the ones that fill their lamps with oil, the wise virgins. And those are the ones that go into the bridegroom's chambers. The foolish had an external relationship with Jesus. It was based on the external realm. The wise had an internal relationship. They built on the solid rock. What's the solid rock? Christ inside your spirit. The roots of David and the bright morning star in you. Yes, Jesus into your heart. The wise know him inside their heart. The foolish are still serving him externally. Now we can be all foolish at times, so there's time to repent and know him on the inside. And knowing him on the inside is costly. 
because you can't have idols in there. You can't have lies in there. You can't have the seed of the enemy inside your heart and the seed of Christ at the same time. You can't have fresh water and salt water from the same spring. So every day you're confronted with lies and what you're going to entertain in the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And there's judgment every day. You decide whether the baby lives or dies daily. Am I going to serve this seed, this word? Am I going to serve that seed, that word? And that's what you develop with your soul yielding to words you entertain in your own hearts. So that every person on earth right now has cultivated the garden of the words they've entertained in their heart and their souls are experiencing the fullness of their belief systems, good, bad, and ugly, of every person in the world at this moment. And repentance is changing the seed and the soil of the heart by faith in Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit and the angels to transplant from Eden into earth. You are the soil of earth. Your heart is soil. And you're growing all kinds of stuff every day. Very few people actually grow God's seed without the mixture of the world's seed. And that's why you don't see perfect love amongst very many Christians. Now you will. This time is a time of the manifesting sons of God that bring a demonstration of no mixture of any of the seeds of the one-third of the angels that fell that are always sowing into every man, woman, and child's heart in the world. And we say no to all of that. And you have the fire of God burning in your heart. That seed burns when it comes near you. There comes a place of love burning in your heart, a place of maturity. Like it says in Song of Solomon, I've become a mature bride, and now I can become a covering for others. That maturity is fire, the flame of love. And when it burns in your heart, any word that tries to attempt to cling on to your heart dies. Wood, hay, stubble, it could never live inside a mature Christian's heart. You are not compatible with the fallen angel's seed. You've overcome the evil one. Whoa. <laughs> so now only the word of God grows in your heart, and you're actually beginning to develop a really hybrid form of seed, a sonship seed. And you begin to sow gemstones. This is the season we're in at Red Letter Ministries. I'll begin to sow gems right into your hearts. Living gems from the mountain of God, from Eden and the Spice Mountains. And a living gem is a revelation of God that can never fade. It's something that's planted inside your heart, a treasure. You know, we're treasures in jars of clay. You know the verse? We're treasure houses. Amen. We have rich treasuries of glory. And the glory and the treasures and the riches of glory are in every gemstone word that proceeds from the mouth of God that we value highly inside our hearts. And that's how our glory gets so fiery and begins to blaze. It's like putting coal after coal, but the coals are living gems. And you become an expression of the mountain of God. And you can actually replicate and replicate those gems inside other people if they can receive your words. <laughs> you sow gems and gems become the seeds of the sons of God. Silver, 
gold, and gemstones the believer's rewards. You're literally sowing the highest, most potent forms of the hundredfold glory realm of divine love into your listeners when your heart is perfected in fire, the fire of love. So just receive these gems today. And it will produce great and amazing wealth in the natural dimension, but you have to first value the spirit of wisdom's dimension. Wisdom has all riches in her, Proverbs says. But wisdom's invisible. Who values the Holy Spirit wisdom? Only the wise. And we were all once foolish, and most of us are still coming out of tremendous folly. What is folly? Entertaining the natural realm as more valuable than the eternal spirit realm. Foolishness. Chasing after the wind. Idolatry is foolishness. It's your mind prioritizing the natural above the spiritual. It's your mind valuing the things of the flesh of the natural man more highly than the things of the spirit, the eternal man. And that's the wide path to destruction because you're born with your brains connected to your flesh and you must be born again. Being born again is having your brain now connected to the river. John chapter 3, you must be born of what? The water. The spirit and the water. Now you have living water. Now you have access to the kingdom of Eden, where the living waters flow from, so that you can actually begin treasuring the important things in life and become wise. And disregard all the standards of this world as utter nonsense and foolishness, because the standards of this world are the standards of the fallen angels. And if you're in agreement with the fallen angels, you're in agreement with folly, madness, mental illness. That's why people are completely crazy everywhere, because they're in agreement with devils. One third that fell, that have deceived the whole world. And it says about Babylon the Great, and her potent sorcery deceived everyone. And in Jude, even the elite could be deceived. And we've seen that tremendously amongst Christian leaders in 13 years of full-time ministry where it's just way off. And of course, they think we're off and it's like, who's right and everything? You'll know them by their fruit. Do your words bring me into Eden? Can I lay down in fresh, tender, green pastures and let still refreshing waters wash over me in perfect liquid peace at the sound of your voice of many waters? And so you begin to get wise and get understanding and you can discern spirits that this person is ministering out of a pride spirit, a religious spirit, a greed spirit. They're a businessman. They're a hustler. They're a hireling. They don't care about the flocks of God. They don't care about the development of your heart. So you're dealing with all that is in the world continuously until Christ be fully formed in you. And that's when the furnace of divine love so strong that no seed of the enemy could ever take root in you. Not that you're perfect because you have flesh, which means you're vulnerable to weaknesses. But it still means that the greater one in you can't die a second time. So it takes a discernment and a wisdom to know him on the inside that he's able to overcome all the temptations of the enemy if you're just giving your soul to his fiery love constantly.
There's nothing that can stop you, trust me. We've tested this thing. We've tested everything that can be tested in this world for decades. Nothing can stop Christ except us stop yielding. <laughs> when we get up, give up because the external realm's beating us up too bad, that just means that we haven't yielded enough to Christ in us in the fire to actually win our battles. Spiritual warfare is an opportunity for the King of Glory to come out as the God of War. But only that victory is only tasted is if you know the King of Glory inside your own spirit. He'll come right out, just like we deal with endless demon manifestations through roots of bitterness, and Jezebel will come right out of people every single day, like on cue, and it's just endless demonic manifestations. So it is with endless Holy Spirit manifestations. I've been experiencing continuous King of Glory manifestations out of my bowels of compassion, out of my roots of David since the day I was born again, continuously attacked by principalities for 20 years. But watching the King of Glory by just like, I can't do anything against these guys. I signed up for this and I need you, Jesus. And just watching him come out and kick the enemy's butt day after day after day. And Jesus can't lose. The only time you can ever lose in spiritual warfare or in any area of life on earth is if you try to win the battle in your own strength. The battle does not belong to flesh, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen? Some trust in horses, others in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Meaning that we trust Him to come out. Open up your gates, your ancient gates, that the King of Glory can come out. Psalms 24. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is the King of Glory, the God of spiritual warfare. He's looking for people that can yield fully to His battle armor, to His sword of the Spirit, to His angel armies. But we are so caught up in religion that we have something to prove. We need to look a certain way. We need to talk a certain way. All these performance-based religious ideas have plagued the church. It's called the seed of the Pharisees. Making it about the external whitewashed appearance, but still not developing the spirit and remaining a dead man's tomb. <laughs> And so you deal with the tomb, and everyone's bowels are a tomb until the roots of David take over. And then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. John 7:38, King James Version. So every person starts at the same spot, completely in sin and darkness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody starts at the same place, dead. The measure you are alive in Christ is the measure you've yielded your natural man to his scandalous love, his nonsensical love. And the yielding of your natural man to Christ inside your spirit man is how you mature in Christ. And the constant sacrifice of the external, the constantly being misunderstood, the constantly being attacked for just standing up for Christ in your spirit. That's how you get big in the spirit. You get big by being attacked, suffering, 
people treat me like crap everywhere, always saying the wrong thing, people coming at you with the mark of the beast and the carnal mind and the Cain mind of flesh, with every logical and reasonable thing and argument that makes sense in the natural dimension, and it's all Satan. And you just yield to the, the river and just look like an idiot, you look drunk, you look like you're drooling, you know? You look like you're on medications, like you're drunk and high. But we must serve Christ and not man. And Christ is the river, and the river will make you look bad in the natural realm. And that's good for you, because that's how you overcome your pride. Can you look bad in front of your friends and families, your co-workers? Are you, are you trying to retain an image of yourself that's not the image of the Father, which is pure, perfect light? And perfect humility is the only way that we shine that light. So we have to humble our pride. How do we humble our pride? By dealing and rubbing with other people. Like sandpaper. Like rocks in the river. Rubbing against each other. Until there's nothing left to rub and you're just liquid. That's when you're a perfect man and a perfect woman. There's nothing left to irritate. There's nothing left to offend. There's no more ego. There's no more self. All there is is a river flowing through you. That's how Jesus lived his whole life. That's why he's perfect and he never sinned. Now we're being made perfect through what we suffer. And that perfection of suffering is being like a rock tumbler and being ground into powder and thrown in the river. And the river is love. The liquid love of the river is what refines us perfectly to no longer have a consciousness of self, to no longer need to defend ourselves, to be willing sheep to the slaughter constantly, <laughs> no longer making excuses, no longer defending ourselves, just allowing them to heap whatever's inside them upon us every day. And what do we do as priests? We take those words, we cook them in Ezekiel's kitchen, and we turn them into blessings. That's how no weapon could ever prosper that's formed against us. How could it? When that sacrificial nature of the Lamb of God is formed in your heart and soul and flesh, nothing Satan and his angels have, creation, can touch the Creator. But if you don't have the Creator formed in your heart and your soul and you're fake, then everything Satan has will kindle upon your life and you'll be exposed as a fraud. And so they try to expose everyone as a fraud and when they can't expose them, they just smear their name and attack their name and say all kinds of lies about them. But even all of that is turned into a blessing and turned into a weight of rewards. As long as you can take it in, not get offended by people's reactions to your spiritual growth, and you just take it in like a sacrificial lamb, and you put it right into the throne of God and the lamb inside your heart. Colossians 2.10, you are made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached full spiritual stature. And if you can put it right into the Godhead, in the full spiritual stature of God inside your spirit, and not let it offend your ego and your pride and your soul, then you'll transmute all darkness into light constantly. And this is the remnant that learns how to do that. It's perfect priesthood of Melchizedek works using the new covenant elements of the cross, the blood, the fire, the oil, the glory of God. 
and so it consumes all darkness because darkness is drawn to this light on purpose. That's why he said, I'm sending you out like sheep to, to the slaughter because all the darkness will be drawn to you. In this world, you, you know, you are Jesus and he is the light of the world and darkness is drawn to the light to kill it. But it can't kill Christ the second time. It can kill your pride. It can kill your lust. But it can't kill Jesus. And as long as you surrender to Jesus, Jesus will grow in you. And that's how the fullness of the tree of life is formed through us. And all the darkness is turned into light. And all the word curses and witchcraft prayers and all the hocus pocus of the occult and everything that the fallen angels have done with men and all nations is turned into glory. That's the power of Jesus. That's why it's not just the throne of God in Revelation 22, but also the Lamb. Because you have to forgive the sin, and the Lamb has forgiven all sin. Now it takes a priest on earth to stand up and apply it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. That's why, you know, they went back into the Dark Ages and had 30-year lifespans, you know, in 1200 A.D. 1200 years after the cross and the finished works, and it's like you only live 30 years and die of bubonic plague. Why? Because no one stood up and used the glory of God to fight Satan and his angels. There was no one with enough revelation of the new covenant to stand in the Spirit and shut down the fallen angels. Religion had shut down the church to the point of nearly suffocating the whole world. And so now we're overcoming all the religious devils that are in the world by prophetic revelation and being fully built up in divine love to look upon the promised land of who we are in Christ and be the true spiritual giants of the Garden of Eden. Amen. The true giants of faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Because it's the full expression of the Father. It's the very essence of who He is as a being. But it's not a selfish love. It's a selfless, sacrificial love that will always harm itself, sacrifice self, to benefit others. Even at the cost of being misunderstood, like dying on the cross. What is He doing? He's losing everything. Didn't explain it to anyone. They're all going to misunderstand. They're all going to think you're crazy. But you're going to do it anyway because it's love. And you you got to serve love. You want to serve the Father. And then later on, it bears forth all of the fruit of the Father. And you understand the Father's wisdom. <laughs> and that's the place of maturity. Having suffered and died with Him so much, year after year, month after month, season after season, until all of His wisdom blooms in you. And all the birds of the air can come and rest on the branches of your tree of life and feast on you and transfigure by the feast you prepared through the things you've gone through in life. Wisdom is knowledge plus experience. <laughs> and the greater your experience and the greater your prophetic knowledge, your living spirit of knowledge, the more wisdom people can glean. And just as righteousness is love, so wisdom also is love. <laughs> wisdom is divine love. When you drink the cup of wisdom of Proverbs 9, you are drinking the cup of Jesus' blood. It was wise that He went to the cross. It was wise that He didn't explain it to anyone. It was wise that they didn't understand. 
It was wise how they later on understood through spiritual sacrifice. It's all love and it's all wisdom and it's all the nature of the Father unveiled and revealed through human experience and even suffering on earth until everyone fully understands what God is actually like. And it's put on public display before all the angels that God is good and man has sided with God against the fallen angels. And that's what's going to happen en masse in this great awakening. That we're done serving devils. We're done serving lust and pride and all the selfishness that just destroys ourselves and others because it's foolishness. It's demonic. And we're going to start to become wise and we're going to start to become loving. We're going to start to practice righteousness because the rewards of it are glory and eternal life. And it's wonderful to live in God's nature. And it's horrible and hell not to. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If tonight's message has blessed you, consider prayerfully giving a financial offering into the ministry. We've paid a high price to walk in this level of revelation and glory, and we've lost a lot of people in the last few months as we've opened up the love glory, and very few have come back. So as the Spirit of God moves upon your hearts and minds, pray about bringing your financial support into Red Letter Ministries to magnify this ministry so this message can go mainstream and transform the world. Partner with The Harvest, redletterman.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Just leave the music on and everything on for a couple minutes to soak in for everyone still on.